gospel in which our Lord forgives sins. And this causes a stir because he forgives sins and it seems that he is forgiving sins just as a human being. In the Old Testament, only God forgives. And even now, when we do the right of forgiveness, we, we understand that God is the one that forgives. It's by the power of God that we are even able to forgive others. And so, when we turn aside from when we turn aside from our self-centeredness, we, we have to realize that it is all in front of God that we do these sins. Yes, we sin against a person, and that's a, a serious thing. But it is before God, and we need release for the person that sins against another person, and the person that receives that is the is the person that suffers the sin. It's all in the sight of God. And God needs to come and deal with the situation. Because, you know, when we try to forgive people ourselves, we get stuck in all kinds of reasonings in our minds, thoughts, little back and forth conversations that we have in our mind. We have to ask for the power of God, actually, to forgive us, forgive others of sins, and to forgive us. Because when a sin is done, for instance, a word is said, can never really be taken back. It's always been said. When a deed is done, it can never really be taken back. It's always been done. So only God can forgive sins. Why? Because forgiveness doesn't mean sort of saying, well, I'm not going to be angry at you about it. When we think about the way it's used in the Our Father, where this forgiveness of debts, and it means a kind of freedom, a liberation from something. Indeed, the only way that we are really freed and liberated from sins is when God visits us and does something for our sins. When God frees us of all the bitterness that is in the sins. So we have to ask for that visitation. And when they tear off the roof and set, you know, lower down the paralytic in front of Christ, it's a dramatic thing. It's a very dramatic thing. So when they tear down that, tear off that roof, they're letting no obstacle in the way of bringing this person who needs God in front of God. And this is actually what happens when we pray. We are trying to tear off every obstacle that gets in the way of bringing the sick man before God. the sick person of our hearts. The sick person that is 
prevented from actually seeing the depth of things in their own hearts. Well, each and every one of us, we have things in our hearts that we don't want to deal with. This is why we often do things we can't understand. This is why we're sometimes hit with waves of irritations and angers and sadnesses and anxieties and we just don't want to deal with something the deeper. And this is why we need an army of people who have faith, who pray for us, who will help us by their prayers to open up the space in our hearts so that Christ can come and show the so that we can come and see Christ there in our hearts and tear off the roof what is the roof the roof is all of our thoughts that get in the way that hardening of our minds where we reason so well that we never get down to the root of things. It's what we call logismoi, or logismi, the rationalization of our sins, the distraction, and all the rationalizations. So we have to tear off those things, and we also tear it off by praying, by looking to the example of the saints, by asking for others to pray for us, by hearing the Word of God. We have these things torn off so that we can come down into our hearts where Christ is present and He's there to heal us. He's there to change our change our whole life, change our being. So when we rip off these things, we come into the presence of Christ. And he stands there and he forgives our sins. Now, it is not the easier thing, really, to forgive sins in the truest sense. To say we forgive sins is an easy thing. But in the truest, deepest sense, it's not the easiest thing to forgive sins. In fact, it's even easier to heal a paralyzed man. So he has to get past that hurdle by healing the paralyzed man By healing the paralyzed man, he shows that he is actually able to forgive sins. And they say, why is this man blaspheming? Only God can forgive sins. And there's this mystery throughout the Gospels that Jesus, when he says he's going to do something very powerful, will often say, the Son of Man does this, the Son of Man does that. And it's a two-edged thing that he's saying, because Son of Man can just mean any human being, or Son of Man can mean a very specific figure, a sort of messianic divine figure that we see in the book of Daniel. The Son of Man comes on the clouds of heaven, like the Son of Man comes as God, 
and presents himself to the Ancient of Days, to God. God stands before God. So Christ, when he says, the Son of Man has the authority to forgive sins, is referring specifically to the one whom the Ancient of Days in the book of Daniel gives the kingdom to, who is God. The Ancient of Days being God, he gives authority to this other, younger-looking figure of God. And that is Christ. So the Son of Man, Christ, as God, has the power to forgive sins. And he looks like a human being. He is a human being. He is God and human. But he has the power to forgive sins. Because he has gone to the inner place of our condition, even the inner place that we have a hard time coming to, the inner place of our condition, which is mentioned in the epistle to the Hebrews, where he talks about overcoming death and the fear of death, which is so often the thing that we're afraid of, that we keep all these reasonings so that we don't go down to see that fear, that terror. So he comes into our condition to be there for us, to confront death, and in the place of death, to free us from our being stuck in the evil of this world. The evil of sin, and the evil of the oppression that we even experience in our bodies. and the way that that even oppresses us in our inner being, that oppresses us in our hearts, in our minds. It holds us down. It keeps us captive. It causes us to build a structure over something so that we, we ourselves cannot even come to ourselves, to be present to ourselves, to have that meeting with Christ in our hearts. Today we also celebrate St. Gregory Palmas, who was a great uh, monk and later bishop in the 14th century. And the whole thing that he was defending was that people could say the Jesus prayer to strip off to strip off all these thoughts and to have an encounter with Christ in our hearts. Not, you know, off somewhere with our, with our thoughts, you know, traveling somewhere outside of ourselves, you know, worrying about this thing out there and that thing out there and that thing out there and dividing ourselves and not being present to ourselves not going deep inside of ourselves and seeking the presence of God, but rather actually worrying about this thing in the world and that thing in the world and the other thing, distracting ourselves. The whole point of the, the work of St. Gregory was to defend the practice of the monks, to say the Jesus Prayer and to meditate 
and go into themselves to draw their, their eyes from being you know, put on something over there and their ears from being put over on something over there. And you know, to be thinking about what food to eat next and to be you know, following after smells and, and to be thinking about something over there and over there and over there and over there and to be all divided. To have that hardening of the roof over our hearts because of all the things that we think and we, we sense and we get distracted by. And he defended that the monks, when they prayed the Jesus prayer, and even us, who are more distracted in the world, when we pray the Jesus prayer, there is the possibility to actually have a perception of God in our hearts. Because this is why he came. He came to be present to their there to us, to, see, to be seen by us, to be in our, right before us, right before our injured and sick hearts, and to give us freedom, to show himself to us, to show God made present to free us from our sins, to free us from the things that oppress us in the body, to free us from all kinds of fears if we pray, if we rip off all these rationalizations, all these thoughts that get in the way if we let down our sickened souls to be in front of him. Our souls, you know, you think of sick, but we're not, we're not sick in the, the, you know, we're not like we're, most of us probably are not suffering from this, that, or the other, you know, thing that we think of as so terrible, right? But we're all sickened by our sense of being bound by things. We're all sickened by our sense that the world is out of control, that our minds, in some sense, and our hearts are out of control, that we are lost in heart and mind. You know, no matter how much we have things planned out in our lives, we are lost in heart and mind. And so when we strip off all the thoughts and we go down to see Christ, we present ourselves to him and we hear him say, your sins are forgiven. You are freed. All the things which hold you down in the body, whatever you need, whatever you must have, I will address it in some way, some mysterious way. I'll address it by forgiving you of your sins, freeing you from your sins, and presenting myself to you. 
with all authority, with God's presence, even to the point of death, even to the point of the cross, so that we may see him giving us life, even in death, so that we can come to the resurrection, to the day of the resurrection, and clearly hear him say, rejoice, and speak to us and show us the resurrection that sets us all free. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.